a great day to be alive. I'll tell you right now, I'm so excited about what God is going to do today. Um, I really believe uh, that God has something very special for you today. We, we've been singing about it, miracles, uh, restoration, something that you've been uh, maybe believing for in your life. I think today is going to be an impactful, life-changing, game-changing moment for you. We call this message today called the Lazarus Experience because the resurrection is more than just an event that happened once in history. It is the source of power you and I can experience in our own life every day. Say every day. And that same resurrection power that brought Jesus from death to life is available to us if we want it. And if we want it, we will exceed the experience promise of an amazing transformation. We'll see that happen in our lives. So God wants you and I to experience his resurrection power today to personally encounter his power. So Paul writes this in Philippians 3.10. He writes, I want to know Christ and, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I hope that doesn't scare you. Let me just read that again. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. God needs to be more than just an intellectual experience. He wants to be experienced in a resurrection way. He wants you and I to know that what living really means. So let's keep it simple today. There's no Christianity without the cross and the resurrection. So you got to believe the whole weekend. Friday, which if you've never been to Friday, you really can't get to Sunday. Friday is the idea that, that, that with the nail-pierced hands, the feet, the crown of thorns, where Jesus bled in seven different places, which means it's perfection to show us that it's, it's once and for all finished for us. He died on the cross. Listen, you got to understand. you got to get a picture of what he's done for you and I personally, right? Come on. That's really where it changes when, when I realize that, oh, you did that for me, Lord. You did that for everyone. But then there's Sunday. You gotta believe the whole weekend, Friday through Sunday. The resurrection is the core of everything we believe, receive, and experience on this earth and heaven. Every person who believes in Jesus receives this power, but, but here's the deal. Sadly, uh, most aren't, Allowing, and that's a, a word that I'll try to explain, allowing this same power that lives in you to work in their lives. So, so Paul goes on to write this in Romans 8.11. He says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Right now, <laughs> it lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. All present tense. All present tense. Now. Say now. now. And when you and I allow this power to move, it removes burdens, destroys oppression, brings peace, delivers healing to your heart, mind, and soul. The resurrection power of God is the most powerful force in the universe. It trumps everything. I mean everything. Because I've experienced it. I've seen it. I've seen God move in so many different ways. 
that power trumps everything. And the question to all of us is, do we want to experience that power? Do we really want to experience that power in our lives? So you might say, well, I don't want something weird to happen to me. I get it. And I'll say it's not weird. It's wonderful. It's not spooky. It's supernatural. It's not awkward. It's amazing. So Paul, again, writes this verse. I want to show it to you again. While he is thinking about his past life, so he writes this in Philippians 3.10, he says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Now, Paul had money, he had fame, he had authority, he had talent, but he was miserable. And he comes to the conclusion that if you read this in its, in its context, he comes to the conclusion that everything he thought gave him happiness, everything he thought brought him joy, he described as trash comparing to know Jesus and his power. He finally tapped into the true source of life and experienced the resurrection power. He was free. He was alive. Resurrection defined something Someone who was dead and was brought back to life. But it's not just the literal resurrection we're we're really talking about today. It's a spiritual resurrection that takes precedent. It's allowing his power to break through, break strongholds, bind the enemy, defeat oppression, deliver hope, joy, and peace to revive a dream and restore a destiny. It's the resurrection of the heart leading to abundant life because your heart is the center of you and God wants to be the center of it. Is anybody here today? I, I, I do love the truth about resurrection. It's a powerful uh, truth that, that, that God gives us. And we see that, that this, this idea of resurrection, the truth of resurrection, uh, raising someone from death to life happened, I believe, at least 10 times in the Bible. Why? Because it's woven throughout the Bible as a reminder of who we celebrate today. I mean, all the way from Old Testament to New Testament, it's a reminder of Jesus. That's why I said before, it doesn't matter to me what Christian version of the Bible you read, because guess what? You're going to get Jesus. You're going to get Jesus through it. Read it. Read, read the Living Bible. Read the Message Bible. Read the NL, whatever, whatever you feel speaks about. I'll tell you something. When you read it, you're going to find Jesus every single time. And what you're going to see is you're going to see this idea of resurrection. Three times in the Old Testament. Seven times in the New Testament. Something about numbers. Three is the number of God. Seven is the number of perfection. But here, if you just, just describe a few. Uh, but, but I want you to see the impact these resurrection moments had on those who experienced his power. First resurrection was with a guy named Elijah and a widow's son. The son gets sick and dies. Elijah stretches himself over the child three times and prays. The boy comes back to life. But here's the impact that it has on the mom. First Kings 17, 24. The woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you're a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. See, I believe many people struggle daily with a lack of confidence in truly believing in God. 
I believe that. But that's not God's will for you. He wants you to come to a place where you say, now I know for sure. Oh, man. Resurrection power will make you certain 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is real, alive, and well today. Now I know for sure. The second resurrection comes through his his uh, mentee, which was Elisha. Elijah, Elijah was here. He, he, he went to be with God, and then he raised up Elisha. So Elisha prays for a Shunammite woman's son. He, too, stretched himself over the boy. The boy starts uh, to get warm. He stretches over him again. The boy sneezes seven times. I think that's kind of funny. And lives. And here's the impact, 2 Kings 4, 37. Look at the impact. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Resurrection power will open a heart of gratitude. Come on, you guys. And the third resurrection is this. Again, Elisha. But Elisha now has passed away. I don't know if you realize this, but everybody passes away. Did you know that? I mean, resurrection's great. And I love all the people that that God touched through life and brought them back to life. But this isn't our home. (laughs) Right? And this life is just a vapor. But resurrection is power. And I'm not talking about necessarily the body, the literal body being resurrected. And it does happen. And it has happened, right? We see that. I'm talking about God reviving your heart today, your soul, a dream and a destiny. But here's the third one. I think it's funny. Elisha has died. 2 Kings 13, 20 through 21. Look at this. Then Elisha died and was buried. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once... When some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders, so they got scared. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. Now check this out. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. Isn't that awesome? Say what? By the way, that will get your day jump started. Right? I mean, these are his buddies. I mean, they're just like, man, we got to find a place to bury our buddy. And next thing you know, they, 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 they get scared. They just throw him in the tomb with Elisha, and boom, he pops right up. What's the impact? Jaw dropping, hair standing, shoes quaking, pants shaking moment. <laughs> you know what I mean. My point is every resurrection experience has a life altering, profound impact. I want to compel you to resurrection today. Some of you have deep needs, deep wounds, overwhelming, seemingly impossible situations that need to be revived. You need a miracle. Let's believe together that we can experience God's power today. Amen? Let's just believe. Let's, let's, if, if anything, just, just begin to believe that God can do something powerful today in your life and wants to. So we call this the Lazarus experience, and let me just finish with, with his story, and then I want to bring you to a moment to compel you to this experience that I believe God wants to give you today. So Jesus has a dear friend. He loves him very much. Lazarus is his name. He gets sick, passes away. The family's devastated. And here's the rest of the story. Let's just read it. John eleven seventeen through 44. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, 
And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary, those are the sisters of, uh, of Lazarus, to, to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And she had said this. She went, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews had, who had been there with Mary in the house comforting her, notice how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he open the eyes of the blind men, have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said the Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Amen. Amen. See, resurrection makes the impossible possible. The question is, how can we, I, you, experience the same power in our lives? So glad you asked. Here we go. We experience resurrection power simply with God. Say with God. It's just so simple. I want to make it simple. With God. I, I love the word with because it, 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 we, we understand what it means, you know, in, in the English language, but, but in, the, uh, in, in, the, uh, in, in the Hebrew or Greek, it's translated near, together in relationship. But it also has this element to it. It's very interesting. This is what I want to bring you to as well today. Near, together in relationship, seek to quarrel. 
I'll explain that in a moment. See, we don't have a problem being around God, but we might have a problem being with God. Please hear that. We don't have a problem being around God. This is, we're, we're around God today. But, but sometimes we have a problem being with God, near, together in relationship. Close relationship. We just went through an entire series centered on close relationship with God. Close is where resurrection power flows from. So let's look at how a person experiences this power. Because I want to compel you, listen, the cross, the cross is, is the key, right? The beginning key. Don't stay at the cross. Don't stay there. Jesus doesn't want you to stay there. Be compelled to resurrection. Be compelled to something new that brings you hope. So I love, I love the idea of, of with God, being close, in relationship, being near him. But I also, was the, I also liked the, the idea of seek to quarrel. Now, God doesn't come to quarrel with us at all. But he's coming to quarrel with the enemy. He's coming to quarrel with death to fight the thing that the enemy has tried to keep us from. And that's what he's coming to quarrel with. Amen? So we, as we read, Martha has this series of short, in a sense, quarrels with Jesus, right? Like, Jesus, yeah, you know, if you've been here, and, and Mary too, like, you know, thank you for being so late on this one. Appreciate it, Jesus. Um, yeah, we, we know you're the Messiah. One day he'll be in heaven, we'll be in heaven. That's, that's great, you know. And you, can you see that? By the way, isn't that all of us? Isn't that all of us? Like, don't we, don't we go there and have these conversations with God that, that, that quarrel? Or is it just me? You guys are all saints. I'm sorry. You, you go to heaven, I'll stay. No. Listen, isn't it true? Don't we? Don't we? Isn't it times we don't understand what just happened? We, we, we don't, we're, we're still living many times in this, in this, in this with pain, and we're like, how do, how do you get past this? Well, that's exactly where Martha and Mary were, and many people, is that there was this tension That we just read. Martha heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him. She struggles with Jesus, has questions, not sure if, if she's really still all in. And again, that happens when there's disappointment. That happens when life throws you a curveball, when you're even hit by a pitch, call it struggle. But Jesus is leading her through tension and struggle to get her to believe again. So she makes this final statement after the struggle in John eleven twenty seven. John eleven twenty seven. She makes she says when Martha heard or twenty seven actually they're just gonna bypass that 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 yes he said yes Lord she replied I believe that you are the Messiah the Son of God who is to come into the world. All of a sudden, through the tension, through the quarreling, through the not understanding what just happened with Lazarus, the, the one that Jesus loved, why did he stay three days in a place and allow him to die? Didn't make sense. And during that struggle, Martha was around Jesus but when she made that statement, she is now moving to be with Jesus. See what I'm saying? She was around him, but all of a sudden, through this tension, she begins to say, you know what? You're the Messiah. 
Hmm, okay, let's get back to it. Let's revive the dream. Let's, 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 let's step back into the destiny. She was really saying, I'm with you. I get it. Let's do this thing with God. And because she chose to be with Jesus, look at the next verse in John 11, 28 through 29. Look at this. And after she said this, I will tell you right now that some of the most impactful moments in your life and leading you to resurrection starts with a simple declaration after she said this. You're the Messiah. You're the Messiah. I mean, I, I, try it. Try it. In your greatest struggle or any time in life, just, just declare, you are my Messiah. You're my Messiah. Jesus, you're my Messiah. You're my Savior. I mean, it takes a lot of willpower and even against our strong will to say that, to make him not just our Savior but our Lord. After she said this, now look at this. She went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. The resurrection experience has now been put in motion with God. With God. And there's a big difference between being around God and with God. In the world and in the church, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's all around Around God or with God? That's, that's the question. Enoch walked with God. He didn't experience death. Noah walked with God. He was protected through the flood. Jacob wrestles with God and is given a new name, Prince with God. Moses met with God and he delivered over a million people out of Pharaoh's prison. How? Say it, with God. It's simple, with God. Matthew 19, 26 says this, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, say with God, all things are possible. But what if he had left that blank, kept the without? Or placed a different word there. But with God, keep it up there. But with God, or but, but blank God, but just, but God. With men this is impossible, but God, all things are possible. See, it makes, it makes this verse close and near and I believe come alive. If that's true, if that verse is true, why not partner with his power, and begin to expect the impossible. See, with God, it's never too far gone. Now, please hear me when I'm saying this. I'm talking about your hearts. I'm talking about what's on the inside. I'm talking about the thing that you know is, is the, 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 something that is hurting you or something that is keeping you stuck in life. That's what I'm talking about. Get inside and let something come alive. Amen? With God, you can expect the unexpected. I see so many people trying to do life on their own and struggling with God when God has a simple fix with God. Say, with God. Life will bring struggle. Loved ones will pass away, but with God. Look at that verse again. Look at, but, uh, but Jesus said, look at them and said, with God, this is impossible, but with men, this is impossible, but with, but with God. 
That's a good but. That is. That's a good one. Right? There's some bad ones. Let me, I will give you a a phrase that I believe will help you in life, understanding life when life throws you the curveball. Anybody, anybody here about hit by a curveball, hit by a pitch? Come on. Anybody, anybody here? Just a few of you. Okay, the rest of you aren't telling the truth. So, struggle is inevitable. Struggle is inevitable. But with God, struggle surrendered is profitable. Struggle is inevitable, but struggle surrendered is profitable. Here's here's the phrase. God uses your struggle to bring his solution. Martha and Mary were struggling. They're all struggling, but God uses your struggle to bring his solution. I love the meaning of Lazarus' name. His name literally means God is my help. In other words, he was doing life with God and he proved it. With God, say with God. Experience resurrection power with God. With God, with God. It's the struggle of the will. It's the struggle of of Dan, uh, will will you give your will to my will, God is saying. Will you just simply lay it down and, and, and trust me in this moment with me? No, I'll just, you just be around me. Do your stuff, God, but I don't want that because I'm hurting, I'm mad, I'm confused. God understands it. But he's saying, listen, if you want to experience resurrection power, it starts with God. With God. And Mary had a bunch of butts in there, right? But God, he's been deceased for four days. But God, if, if you'd been here, but, but some of those butts just gotta go. Experience resurrection power with God and experience resurrection power with people as I tail down here in a few moments. Say with people. No man is an island to himself. I mean, we should really laugh at that. True? Like, wives. When I said that, did you just think of a time when your husband, if you're married, tried to do something on his own, and it didn't work out? And you didn't, you didn't call it out, you just kind of chuckled. <laughs> I told him I was going to help him. I said I would help you. I would say, we can call somebody to get help on that. And then all of a sudden, um, is it just me? Have I not the only one who's ever been there when, when, when uh, Emily, I, I, I see this picture so often in my head when I feel like I just want to do it on my own. And it was when we put together that, that, that uh, entertainment center long time ago. And I thought, yeah, I'm in ministry. This is my time to show my woman <laughs> that I don't even need directions. I don't need the instructions. You ever done that? This thing was massive. It said that with the instructions takes about three hours. And so I remember, remember that? I mean, I, I really, deep down, I was, trying to, I was trying to, you know, show you my stuff. 
And she knew. She just chuckled. She did so well. So I got it going, ah, I don't need that instruction, man. Get that thing out. Look at it. It's easy. Put, put the thing together. It's probably had a thousand pieces to it, Chad. And so I'm just trying to show her in what two hours, three hours, eight hours, ten hours. Went to sleep. The next day, got up, another three hours. And the whole time, because what would happen is, is, is Emily would come over with a glass of lemonade. And she'd go, how's it coming? She have not done three hours ago. How's it coming? She didn't say that. Hold, you want some lemonade? Do you want some help? No. No, 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 no. Man, all man right here, going to show you that I can do this. Didn't do it. But she kept asking for help. And remember, I was denying. I'm like, no, no, got it, got it, got it. I was so frustrated. You, you want to you know the reason why I don't have a lot of hair up here? It's because of that moment. <laughs> but, but Emily... Emily was, was just kind through it all. She was just like, okay, here's some lemonade. And I know I have that picture. I know you do too. Every time I say, no, nope, I'll handle it, she's like, <laughs> see how that works out for you, Dan, again. She has gifts that I don't have, but you... <laughs> actually experience resurrection power with God, but you experience resurrection power with people, right? Not people first, but people too. So look at this verse as we're, as we're winding up. John eleven thirty nine 39 through 41, he says, take away the stone. He said, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So, look at, they took away the stone. And Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. They took away the stone. You see that button there, by the way? Just, just you go home today and just... Ask the Lord, Lord, do I have any buts that need to go? Just, just ask him. He'll, he'll show you. He'll show you. Because those buts can keep you from believing. But Jesus orders people to do the work, to be a part of this miracle. He could have moved that rock with a word or a glance, but he partners with people to free people. Please hear that. He says, take away the stone, he suggests. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. This is a command. It's not a command to control you. It's a command to free you because your dad wants the very best for you. But it happens with people. You take away the stone. You pray for someone. You help them get free. You. In the middle of their sorrow, in the middle of their trial, in the middle of the thing that didn't make sense, he goes, no, you do it. Well, Jesus, I just want you to do everything. You do it. You take away the stone. No, 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 no. You take away the stone. You take it. You get up, get up right now. I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to get up when you've fallen and you feel like you've struggled. So I know how hard it is. Come on, we've all do. But when you say, you know what? I'm just gonna get up. Ah. Heading towards that stone. 
heading towards the tomb because Jesus isn't going to do it for me. He wants me to do it. Which leads me to this last point. Experience resurrection power with God, with people, and with action. Say with action. See, the story is filled with action. Martha went out to see Jesus. Mary hurried to meet Jesus. Jesus responds with deep emotion and goes to the tomb. They took away the stone. Jesus calls out to Lazarus, come forth. His body, which had been stiff from rigor mortis, begins to move. Muscles once frozen are now in motion. He gets up and begins to walk out of that tomb. Action! Jaw dropping, hair standing, shoes quaking, pants shaking moment. Listen, experience resurrection power with action. James 2.17 says this. In the same way, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Did you ever hear that one? Faith, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Jesus, you move the stone. Jesus, you, 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 move, you move the stone of my heart. I get it. You move the bitterness from my heart. You, you take away the... You. No, you make a choice. You do something today that's different. As we, said, as we said last week that they will remember you by what you did that was different. See, if everybody goes around not forgiving people, that's not different. But when you forgive, that's different. When you do something different, that's what people will remember. And the action is now. The past is history. The future is a mystery. The present is a gift. Resurrection power is a gift that happens now. That's why Paul wrote this again, Romans 8, 11. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives right now, right now in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he'll give life to your mortal bodies, not your deceased bodies, your mortal bodies, your living bodies right now. He gives life to those living mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. That's what church is about. It's not about this. It's not about hanging our head low. It's not about folding our arms. I mean, if you're cold, you fold your arms. It's not about, it's not, you guys, it's about this. I gotta be careful because I don't want you to show you my, my belly button. Uh. <laughs> this is about as high as I can go right here. It's cute though. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, no. True story about belly buttons. I won't tell it now, and I probably never will. Um, <laughs> I can't go there. I would need the Holy Spirit to stand here right now. This is, this, this is a funny story, but um, what's that? No, Emily say no, don't. This is, what, this is what our lives are to be, guys. Because this... Freedom, resurrection power is the greatest advertisement to the world that we can give. It's not defeated. It's not, I know someone right now who's been through such a difficult time in the past few years. But every time I see him, smile on his face. Joy in his heart. Like, how does he do that? Resurrection power. 
I know he's tapped in. I know it. So Lazarus agrees with God. Now, now this is very important as we finish. Lazarus agrees with God when asked by God to make the hardest decision he'll ever make. Because I believe that, the, that God is having a conversation with Lazarus during these four days. I just believe it with all my heart. I believe it. I can prove it scripturally. That God is to be absent from the bodies and present with the Lord. I believe that God is having a conversation with Lazarus during these four days. And here, here's, here's how it goes. Hey, it's your choice, Lazarus. You can stay or you can go out with a bang. I could use Bob down the street or even that Dan guy. But Lazarus, your name is cool. It's different. It's memorable. The Dan experience. (laughs) So Lazarus agrees with God and says, you know what? I'm going to make the hardest decision Right now, being in front of Jesus, the one who lights up heaven, the one who gives us life, being in front of Jesus, looking, having a little glimpse of heaven, and he's like, you know what? I'll go back to earth. I'll return. Free will action. Paul made the same free will action uh, when he said, hey, by the way, he just said, I, I, I experience heaven. <laughs> it is inexpressible. Words can't even... I can't tell you what what it was like. I can't tell you how awesome, amazing heaven is. Um, He then later expresses his desire to go to heaven, but he ultimately chooses to stay because it was best for the people he was around. Free will. The greatest gift given to mankind and can be the greatest hindrance to resurrection power. So God speaks to Lazarus. Lazarus, listen, you're going to go back. It's going to stink, literally. Because earth is not your home. People can get so attached to it, Lazarus. But heaven's your home. But if you make this decision and take action, I will change millions of lives through you, Lazarus. You'll have an impact for hundreds of years in the future that even some guy named Dan in Cadillac 2019 will be talking about you. So Lazarus agrees. Because every action with God will change lives. And every action with God will change your life. So Jesus cries out, Lazarus, come out! And by the way, he had to be specific because if Jesus, the power of the resurrection power, just said, if he walked to that burial site and said, come out, come out! You'd have a ton of people coming out. So he was very specific when he said Lazarus. Why is that important? Is God calling your name today? Like, you listen to this, you're like, you know, I hear God calling my name. I hear God deep down saying, there's so much more in you. I've got something for you. I've got, I've got, I can restore your joy. I can restore your hope. I can do something great in your life. Come on. Is he calling, is he specifically calling your name? Compelling you to resurrection. Because many people stop at the cross when God is compelling them to run to the open tomb to take action and find the risen one. Your free will action will make an incredible impact in the future. So I love the moment as, as we finish right here. And I'm going to come down here because I want to compel you to resurrection. To allow you to 
experience the resurrection, not just intellectually, but to experience resurrection with substance in every part of you? What's he going to do? I don't know. No. We, we do this periodically. And I, every time we do it, it has profound impact. And it's because it's so simple. And all it is is us praying for you. Us, whoever's up, our leaders up here, just saying, you know what? I, wanna, I want the resurrection power to flow through this broken, imperfect dude. Because I know that's what God does, right? Per, oh, perfection only flows through imperfection, by the way. So I know I'm, but I know God's perfect. And I know if I'm just obedient, I say, hey, you know what? I want to pray for you because I want resurrection power to impact you in some way. And Emily, why don't you come up here a minute? Because um, you're really beautiful and, and they can't stand, you know, now, now they're getting double beauty. I was kidding, no. And what we want to do is simple. You've been here, if you've been here before, we just call it our prayer tunnel. And the way I, I like prayer tunnel because it's not weird, it's not spooky. All it is is very efficient. <laughs> where Jesus said simply, hey, lay hands on them and they'll recover. Just lay hands. All I want to do, you don't even have to say anything. Just lay hands. Just touch them. Just, just, just pray as people walk through. Just declare, pray, know that, 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 that I want to do something. Now, here's how the story ends, you guys. The story ends by Jesus. First of all, he said, take away the stone. And then he says this. Lazarus is, is out there. Lazarus is now alive. He's walking around. But he, he's, he has grave, stinky, stinky grave clothes on, right? Wrapped in linen for four days. And what does Jesus do? Again, I wish Jesus would have said, you know what? Be off. But he says, you, you take off the grave clothes from Lazarus. But Lord, that's stinky. I don't want to touch that stuff. Give me my hand sanitizer. No, you Go do it. And I think this moment is simply imperfect us loving on you that if you are bound with fear, the past, discouragement, if you have grave clothes that have kept you bound, you're still on this earth walking, but you know something isn't right. You know that, man, there's, some, there's something more. We want to be those people that God says, you, take them off. You pray, Dan. You encourage. That's what we want to do. Prayer tunnel. And it's every time we've done this, we have seen multiple miracles. I'm, I'm telling you, multiple miracles happen through this thing. And it's not because it's the thing. We're just, we're just trying to be efficient because we got to get to the next service. And we we got we to put some more eggs down for the next service. That's why I'm ending right now, too. Just time thing. But it's so powerful. It's so powerful, you guys. I compel you not to stay at the cross. I compel you to resurrection right now. This is how we do it. This is how we roll today. And that is we're going to finish the service with believing that God's resurrection power is going to meet you exactly where God wants to meet you. Amen. Relationship restored minds being set free, Emily. I mean, you might need a job. God's got it. But 
Remember, with God, with people. What's the last one? Say it again. Say it again. With action. Come on. That's, the, that's, that's, that's where things start happening. Yeah, so, so while the let's start forming back, this, uh, this prayer channel. That's how we're going to finish. We're finishing the service this way, guys. But I'll compel you, man, as we, as we kind of form this uh, prayer tunnel here. Yep, come on up, you guys. Here we go. You got, yep. I need you to run to the open tomb. <laughs> no, no, you got it. I'm just going to encourage you guys while the leaders are coming up here, some of the things that God has done before through these prayer tunnels. As we're talking about, Dan has been talking about how because Jesus is alive, he gives life. Everything that he does, and it's something only he can do. So through all these awesome people, we're all just humans just like you are, but we carry Jesus just like you do. And whatever it is that you're believing God for, whatever kind of life you need from him, whatever abundant life you need from him is what he wants to do for you. He wants to do it and he will do it. We've seen healings happen in bodies. We've seen healing happen in minds. We've seen hope restored, joy restored. We've seen relationships restored because of a simple prayer. We've seen loved ones come to Jesus because of someone going through and praying. It matters what you're praying for because God knows. He knows what you're praying for. He knows what you're believing him for. We don't know, but he does. It's gonna be his power that's gonna bring that thing to pass. We know there's gonna be miracles happening today in this place. There's gonna be testimonies that come from today, yeah. right now in this moment. Right. And speaking of healing, I felt like God showed me that there's a left hip that he wants to heal this morning. So if that's you and your left hip has been bothering you, maybe for a long time, come through the prayer tunnel and believe God to heal you. So Amen. Lord, we just thank you for what you're about to do and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you. So we're going we're gonna to dismiss from the center. That makes it easier. Just come down from the center and then you just walk through. If you've ne- you know how this goes, I'll just show you. I just, hey, I need prayer. Lord, I need something. And so here I am. I'm just kind of walking through. Now the key is I want you to keep walking because we want to get everybody through time-wise. So, so just, you don't have to walk fast, but just keep the motion going. You might feel a, back, a hand on your back if we're stuck or bottleneck, but we just want you to get through. We, we believe right now that in this moment, a simple touch can change your life. Amen. So you just come in and you just walk and, and uh, I, I can go this way. And Rick knows I'm going to say something funny against him. I'm not today. So I will go this way. Here I, here I am. <laughs> He's pushing me through. He's like, get out of here. But, but, but now listen, all they're doing is just I'm walking. Amen. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing words and it's awesome. It is powerful. I feel the presence of God. It's great. It's amazing. Now, if you got time, if you don't have kids that need to go from the, uh, from the res kids, go through a second time. Right, just go through a second time. Go until you, you know that you have an answer from God. Amen. So that's how we're ending. We love you guys. We love you guys. Well, one thing I'll say to you, I know this is, this, uh, we're not doing our traditional altar call to ask Jesus in, into our hearts. And, but, but this is what I will ask you. The very first thing that I would love for you to do as you walk through this thing is just simply declare, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. That's all I want. Just Jesus, be my Lord, be my. Let's just try it a minute all together. One, two, three. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I hope you have a hard time saying that because if you if if you if you 
if you do, that's the quarrel. Just, just settle that. Settle that right there. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Just say that as you walk through. Be blessed. Amen? So just follow my lead. Megan, you, you're going to help me. You're gonna, you're gonna, let's, let's do this front row right here. Look at the Bennett family. I wouldn't go. Your dad's over here. Go to the left. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. So that's how it is. You guys, come on, join me. Just stand right up as you will. We're, we're having an awesome Easter, you guys. We love you. But I pray God does something amazing in your life today in Jesus' name.